Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and it's just me today, solo. It's the morning. I've had two cups of iced coffee. It's snowing outside. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I am a girly who, like, really loves the snow. And I know that people say – Chris Lewis and I talk about this all the time. People are always like, oh, talking about the weather is so boring. Him and I find it literally to be some of the most riveting – conversation you can have because you can make it with anybody you can make it with a stranger a close friend a family member it's really quite glorious um i hope everybody had an amazing weekend my weekend was like pretty chill it was actually like really nice i got to just kind of hang out i got to hang out with my mom who everyone is like literally obsessed with on instagram they kept messaging me um and we just had like three espresso martinis bloody marys like we were feeling ourselves we don't know what came over us but it it was right um but today excuse me my voice cracked um today i'm going to talk about potomac um because the ladies are giving they are giving this season i i feel like a little bit of it has been a slow burn but now we're like really getting into the heart of it. And I'm really, really happy to be here. So let's just jump right into Potomac. Okay. So we left off at Wendy's burn session, which oh, what a dumb fucking idea. Like it's Wendy, it's not going to go well, babe. Like you don't get a group of people together, especially this group and be like, let's talk about all the things we absolutely hate about one another. And then we'll burn this note and everything will just be fine. It's like, have you met them? Have you spent any time with them? I have spent no time with these women and I know not to do that. Like it, it's just so dumb. And her and Robin just get into it. She calls Robin aggressive And as much as I love Robin, like Robin does have a tendency to like really puff up her chest and like get kind of in your face at times. I mean, we remember it with Monique um, in season, I want to say three, where there was the like umbrella incident. So there was that, the moment with her and Ashley at Oz, the kangaroo restaurant. (laughs) And now you know, we saw the scene of her at that like TikTok dance class, um, which will, I have so much to say about that, but, um, so I I don't necessarily want to call Robin aggressive, but like, she does have a tendency to get like angry and like use her body in a way that's like a little intimidating at times. Um, 
I don't know. But her and Wendy, like, they are, like, oil and water. Like, they just don't mix well. Like, they don't I, – I, I feel like they have such a recipe to be good friends. I feel like they have so much in common. And I feel like if Wendy would just chill the fuck out, um, Robin would, like, warm up to her. I think that first season – there was so much about Wendy that I really loved. Like the minute I met her, I was like, oh my God, I love her. Like she's incredible. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's got a beautiful husband, beautiful kids. Like I love her career in political. She's a political commentator. She also works at John Hopkins as a professor. Like I loved her family, like seeing her mom and her Nigerian background. Like I loved that Wendy. And last year I rode really hard for her because I felt bad. Like I felt like the women were not making their point very clear. But now that there's been some time, I do f- understand what they were saying a little bit. Like when they say Wendy changed, I really do think that they weren't just talking about her physical appearance, but this this idea that she's now like a candle maker and a bar owner and a this and a this, it's like, She's trying too fucking hard to capitalize on that being on the show. And that's I understand it to some degree. Like, obviously, if you're on this platform, you want to use it the best that you can. All of the women do this like this is not a shock, but like you can feel when something just isn't a real thing. And to me, that that's what I'm getting from Wendy. Like with Robin and her hats, like she still posts about them on Instagram. She's still coming out with new collections. It does really well. Um, you know, I mean, Giselle did have that makeup line that was in target. That was huge, but obviously COVID kind of like derailed that whole process. Like they, they all have something, but Wendy, I feel like is just trying to throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And it's giving Cynthia Bailey energy that I'm just not I'm not here for it. Like it just, it's not how I like my Wendy. And I feel like I just want more, more from her at real life. Like not this like fake, like let's watch her go watch candles being poured. Like I don't like that. And I feel like she's just kind of losing herself and losing sight of why we all fell in love with her in the first place. And is really trying to give us what she thinks we want, which is like, not why we loved her in the in the beginning um anyway so robin leaves she and the thing about robin storming out that made me laugh is like she didn't get to just like go like she literally had to sit in this fucking sprinter van and like wait for all the girls like so she stormed out she made this whole thing and then quite literally had to just sit alone by herself i'm like that is so fucking cringe like it's the worst, like, if you ever try to make, like, a dramatic exit and then, like, like that stuff ha- – like, you just have to then, like, sit there. It's kind of like when you're really mad and, like, if you, like, throw something and then, like, something breaks, you're like, oh, fuck me. Because then you're like, now I got to sweep it up. Like, now – it's just, like, it takes you out of the moment and it's – oh, my God. I was like, Robin, why? And then we get into the Candace and the Ashley these two had a good run. And by good run, I mean one episode of being friends. (sighs) Ashley just can't fucking help herself. Like she, people I see on Twitter and stuff are like, why does Ashley like never believe 
what people say about Michael. I'm like, I don't think that at all. I think Ashley believes everything and knows a lot, but will never, ever say it because she knows like she's got to get that check. Like she can't be playing games. She has to have the front of like, I'm going to stand by him, the father of my children, even though she knows that he's a dirty fucking rat. And, um, yeah, like I I don't agree with people at all that say like Ashley just never knows like what Michael is doing and she never believes anybody. I'm like, no, she fully knows fully. I don't know if she knew that like he was potentially allegedly covering all my bases here working or hanging out with an escort, um, a male escort. I don't know if she knew that, but like, it can't be shocking. Like it, it just can't. And for Candace to then be pushed to that point to be like, fuck you, Ashley, your husband is doing this, this, and this, like, why are you coming after my husband? And to see so many people rally around candy gal has really been really touching and heartwarming, honestly, because I've been riding for Candace since season four, like, and not even blind loyalty. Like I know when my girl is wrong and I know when my girl is right. And she's a hundred percent right in the situation. And I think the way that she's handling it, I'm sorry if this bothers anybody, I think is perfect because she hears them out. Like she goes to Giselle and she's like, tell me what happened. How did he make you uncomfortable? She's coming from a place of like believing women. And I love that about her. Like she's not flying off the handle immediately and going, that's fucking not true. My husband would never do that. You're a fucking liar. But but she's a good person at her core. And she's like, okay, well, let's unpack this. What happened? Like, you know, did he do something? Did he say something? And the answer is no, 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 he didn't do anything. And I do understand the, the optics of like not wanting to be in a hotel room with another person's husband. Like, that could just be misconstrued so wrong. So I understand just, and men, frankly, like don't understand that. Like men can be fucking dummies and they like, don't get the position that that can now put women in or the woman in. Like, even if it's like my boyfriend and my best friend, someone could misconstrue that and then make it into this whole thing. And then it comes back to me like that. It Things just could have spiraled, you know? And so I understand where Giselle was coming from to a point, but then to like do all of this on camera and then the Ashley of it all coming with the DM stuff, it just like feels very transparent. Like now they're coming for Candace's marriage and while I don't think any marriage is perfect, I don't think Candace and Chris like have really that many problems. Like, of course, they probably have their issues like every married couple does, every couple in general. But I don't think it's like this deep seated problem like uh, Giselle and Ashley like want it to be. They I think Ashley comes from such a place like where she just can't wrap her mind around like the fact that like Candace married for love, like Candace did not marry the bank a la Sonia Morgan, like Candace married for love. And with that comes like a little bit different. Um, I think you're a little bit more protective of that um, than Ashley was with Michael, because the way that the way that I would never be seen again, if any of the things that she has endured with Michael Darby ever happened to me, 
like I would never be seen again. Like I would be like, I'm done with this show. This is so fucking embarrassing. My husband is dick swinging across Instagram per Karen Huger. Like, like I will never forget when they showed that picture of him standing in his fucking undies. And Ashley was like, that's not him. I'm like, Ashley, that is so obviously him. Like, are you dumb? It was so funny. Like, oh my God. That's what I mean by Ashley. Like, she knows what he is. She knows who he is. She's just not going to ever fucking say it until the divorce is final and she's collecting her checks, honey. Okay? I promise you that. Pro- Especially now that she's getting dicked on by Luke from Summer House, which I will talk about at the end of this episode because they're so oh, – it's like <sighs> – so good. Just can't wait. Okay. Want a smoother contour and more youthful looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Sorry. I'm like, I just need caffeine. I've like, I'm running on fumes here. So I'm drinking lots of coffee. So I apologize. Anyway, so that blows up. Then Candace talks to Giselle again, one-on-one having a heart to heart. And Candace, listen, I think Candace made a great point is she's like, you are not doing what you think you're doing and thinking that this is like helping women come forward with sexual assault allegations. And I agree because the way Giselle is presenting this is like is like something horrible has happened. Horrible. And it's like none of that happened. Nothing happened. He didn't say anything. He didn't touch her. She said, let's get out of the room. He said, okay. They seem to be cordial and fine. Like Chris has every fucking right to be hurt by this because he's like, I thought you were my friend. And just the way Giselle is presenting this is just a, it's like she's acting something more like sinister happened. And I just don't think that that's right. Um, and I understand where Candace was coming from. Now they're all going in the in the van. And I'm about to say something, you guys, that I never thought I was going to say ever. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know what I'm I, you know how I felt about Mia last year. 
well, how the tables turn. I, I love her. I love her. I think she's so fucking dizzy. And I like laugh, laugh at her. And not in a way where it's like mean, like haha, laughing pointy, like, you know, the hunchback of Notre Dame type of stuff, like where you're like throwing tomatoes. I'm more of just like, I'm enjoying her presence. Like, I don't fully understand her. I am just giggling along with her shenanigans, if that makes sense. Like, I'm enjoying it. Um, and I love the way that she speaks. Like, I just hang on every word. I'm like, what is what's going to come out of her mouth next? Like, I just never know. And that's something I really enjoy. And like her and Daddy G, like, I just can't get enough. Like this woman literally said, like, I popped a pussy on a handstand. Like, what does that even mean? And she said it like just rolled right off the tongue, like popped a pussy on a handstand. I was like, popped a pussy on a handstand, a handstand. I love her truly. And her love of Sharice is something that I did not see coming. And I think that that's another thing I really like about Mia is like, she's so unpredictable. Like you never, like you never know what's going to happen next. And with Sharice, like, how did these two even become friends? And not even friends, but Mia's, like, riding for her. Like, is like, I love her. I'm giving her her own room. Her eyelashes sliding off her face. Like, it's so fucking funny. And then the shady fucking editors, when they pulled up Sharice's, like, testimonial look, and she's, like, just staring dead ass into the camera as, as Mia says this, is so... Ugh chef's kiss like it was so funny and I like that Mia is opening up and I think with a security blanket like she has with Jacqueline so far I feel like that friendship does break down um which we is not shocking that happens every single time anyone ever brings their friend on the show shit goes down it gets bad Candace and Ashley example number one so I I feel like learning more about Mia, it it makes me understand her a little bit more. And I know that people are probably saying like, well, she did talk about her childhood last year with her mom. And it's like, yes, but like that felt very, and I said this last year and I know people aren't going to agree with me, but it's just how I feel. But it felt kind of like retaliation at her mom. Like maybe like I want to get back at you a little bit. Like I obviously want you to be better. I want us to have a relationship. But I also want to feel that validation from strangers t- who are going to watch this and be like, oh, yeah, your mom did this, this, this. Like I agree with you. You're seen. You're heard. Like that's what I think happened. Um So to hear just more about her life and her childhood and like, it's, I really enjoyed that scene. And then of course, you know, she's like, we're going to go to MIA luxury vacation. She keeps talking about this luxury vacation. She keeps talking about five stars, luxury money. Like you think we are going to the Versace mansion. Like you think we're going to Lisa Hochstein's house. Like that's not what we're getting um I'll get to that in a minute because right now I want to talk about the scene with Ashley Robin and Giselle the three musketeers um you know I 
I'm so glad that Giselle and Robin are so blunt with Ashley. Like they acknowledge like you were with him for money. Like they're I'm glad that this is now just finally out in the open and things that we're saying because this whole like no, like I loved him. He was my best friend. Shut the fuck up. This man embarrassed you every fucking year on this show for seven years. He's loaded. And that's what happened. Like she had a five-year prenup that we all watched. Then she had Dean. Then she had the other one. I forget the other one's name. Um, Dean and Derek. No, she didn't name her baby Derek, but I don't know. She, like she knows what she's doing. Like she had this calculated down to the fucking minute. Like Ashley knows to the penny what she's going to be getting in child support. Ashley is not dumb. And Ashley, I promise you got this scene with the lawyer. She didn't need this. She knew everything the lawyer was saying, but she wants this on camera again as validation to Michael and be like, See, this is why the LLC is bad. This is why I'm not doing this. Like she wanted it as leverage, to, I think, in her divorce. Like because the lawyer was like, no, buying a house with your husband in an LLC is like not the way to go. And I think Ashley in her heart knew that. But she needed a professional, a lawyer to express that to her. To then be like, Michael, see, I went to a lawyer and they, this is what they said. So we're not doing that. Um, Smart. She's a smart cookie. Like she's not a dummy. She's not a dummy when it comes to her and Michael and the money that she's about to get. Um, Ashley will literally never have to work a day in her life. Like I I promise. And that's the thing that I love that Giselle pointed out was like, Ashley doesn't need Michael anymore. Uh, she's a beautiful, smart, important person who has an incredibly large platform and she can do whatever the fuck she wants and make so much money. So not only is she setting herself up with Michael's money, but now she's like, okay, I can go do this on my own and like be a boss babe if that's what she wants to do. It's really, I love that scene with the three girls, the three menaces of Potomac. These three women are truly terrorists. They are on everyone's throats at all times, at all times, you know, with the Candace bedroom switching. I'm like, these women love hijinks. They love shenanigans. And I know that everyone's like really upset about it. I'm like, okay, it's really not that serious. You guys like Candace just came late. Like they're going to play a game, like get over it. People need to lighten the fuck up. Honestly, honestly. And this is coming from someone who loves Candace, but I'm like very aware, like it's really not that deep. It's really not. I promise. Um, so they go to Miami and the, the, the brief, the brief, beautiful scene of Karen and Shasha meeting each other at the airport was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like Karen just makes me laugh so hard. She's the most beautiful, funny woman on television. Like, get her on SNL. I just think she's a comedic genius. And when she was like, hi, Sharice, it's so good to see you. And turns around and like smiles at the camera. And Sharice is behind her doing the exact same thing. I was like, these women are going to be mortal enemies for life. And I love it. Like, this is not a frenemy situation like it is with Giselle where they feed off of one each other, like one another's energy. This is like dead ass. 
they will never ever be friends um and i love to see that so they they're going to miami and as someone who has just been to miami like i i didn't think i would love it there something comes over me i can't explain it like there's something in the air in miami that just makes you a feral rat like i there's such an energy to that city that I just love. So I'm so excited to see the girlies, especially like I love seeing them in like bright tropical looks. Like I can't wait. So they go to Miami. They're driving. They're all talking about the house. And I'm just like waiting for them to realize that there's only six bedrooms and people who are listening might be like, Oh my God, guys get over it. Nine women, six bedrooms. It's not that big of a deal. No, I would fucking lose it. I'd be like, we are on a fucking show, a network television, and you are telling me I have to sleep cheek to cheek with Robin Dixon? I'd be furious. Like, I did not come all this way to share a fucking bunk bed. And, like, I think it's cute and fun or whatever. When you're, like, in your early 20s, like, who cares? Someone's going to sleep on the couch. Someone's going to sleep on the floor. Someone's going to sleep on the balcony. Someone's going to float in the pool. It doesn't fucking matter. But when you're like 30 plus as someone who's newly 30, I can tell you that I would never do that. And I think it'd be different if it was like six bedrooms, seven women. Cause it's like, okay, like one person can like squeeze in, like it's fine. Cause like, you know, Ramona and Sonia were together. Like it shit just works out like that. Nine women and six and six bedrooms. And you're telling me this is a luxury vacation? Like, pardon moi? What? Uh, I'd be furious. But she, they are so funny about Miami because it is so true. Like, there are these, like, beautiful, like, waterfront homes. And literally across the street is, like, your average ranch two-bedroom house. Like, it's... It's like, I feel like that's how any like waterfront kind of town is. Like I know in Michigan, it's like that. Like there are these beautiful homes on the, on any, on any, um, not piece of land. What's the opposite of land water, but then on any, uh, oh my God, like wherever there's water, there's going to be big houses on it. Okay. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh my God. I'm like brain dead. Um, and then, like, always behind is, like, these – not, like, shacks, but it's, like, smaller homes, you know, that are considered technically waterfront. But, like, by waterfront, you mean, like, sl- a sliver of water through the pine trees. Like, that's what – that's what it is. It just makes me laugh. Like, if you – I love to go on Zillow and just kind of, like, peek around. And, like, I always click on, like, waterfront homes. And then, like, there's always the house that's, like – it says it's waterfront, but, like – by water it means like there's just like a puddle at all times out out in the driveway like that's what that means but anyway so they're like driving around and they're like huh this is weird because they were probably expecting to stay in like downtown Miami like you know with the high rises and the beach and the you know everything and when the editors were like this is South Beach and then they were like this is not South Beach and they played like the sad music I'm just like gotta give it up to these fucking editors they really kill it every single time and um you know they're going around they're picking rooms and i'm seeing some f- 
fractured friendship vibes between Jacqueline and Mia. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but for her to be like, oh, you want him on your plate? And Mia's like, I'm like happily married for 10 years. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, I was a little shady of Jacqueline. I got my eyes on her. You know, I'm going to keep my eye out for her because there's something there's something brewing with that friendship for sure. Um, and Mia and G, like, I dead ass don't think that she cheats on him. I, d- I think G is like a stallion in the bedroom. Like, I think he lays it down, you know, and I don't think that she would really ever feel the need to, like, be with someone else sexually. Because um, I feel like they they have a very, like, fulfilled relationship in, like, every aspect. Am I, like, a Mia stan? Am I okay? Guys, this is really crazy. If you listened to this podcast last year, you know that I was like, get her off my screen immediately. Like, I hated her. I hated her three weeks ago. The way the tides change on this podcast, like, they change like the fucking breeze. Anything I said last week sometimes isn't even valid this week. Opinions change. People change. You know, it is what it is. It's the way of the world. What am I talking about? I'm such an idiot. Okay. Anyway. So... That's weird. And then for Giselle to then be like, yeah, I got three guys in the rotation. I like don't believe that for a goddamn second. Like Giselle, you haven't had a man sit behind you at a reunion for seven years. And you're meaning to tell me that you have three men in the rotation and now you want to throw in a fourth. Please show me the receipts. And I think Giselle is a beautiful woman and I think she could literally get any guy she ever wanted. But I just like don't believe that that's the truth. And honestly, like get them on TV. You have nothing else going on for a storyline except for coming for people's marriages left and right. So like show your man, show your, you know, your men's that you have. Um, yeah. And then, then towards the end of the episode, we get a little cameo of Peter Thomas again. <sighs> my sexy papa smurf and um he hates wendy he's pissed he's pissed about something so i can't wait to see this unfold it's been a wild ride um i'm ready to talk about ashley and luke really quick i feel like i haven't really been able to like sit sit with you guys and like have a chat about it but they're like fully dating they are in a relationship you cannot tell me that these this is not a boyfriend-girlfriend situation anymore. Like, so they met at BravoCon. He asked for her number. Obviously, she's absolutely gorgeous, stunning. And he's, like, he's, like, so hot. He's the level of hot that, like, makes you, like, uncomfortable. Because you're, like, oh, my God. Like, he's, like, chiseled, you know? And um, we were all, like, maybe it's just a fling at BravoCon. And then... You know, we saw him on Watch What Happens Live last week where he was talking and he was like, yeah, like we text. Like he had no problem reading a text from her on TV. He was like, she helped me pick out my outfit. Like we're hanging out. Um, We're just, you know, we FaceTime because, you know, they do live in different uh, states. So but they live like fairly close by, like considering like the opposite or not the opposite, but like, like Paige and Craig, like they live like pretty far away, but Luke and Ashley don't. I actually think that they have a lot in common. Like they love the outdoors. They're hikers. They're Zen 
type of people like you know like she likes that she needs a man like she needs someone that works with his hands like butts on his little tight jeans and he's got he builds his own like woodworking table like that's the kind of guy that ashley fucking needs in her life and then we saw them go to the capitals game with uh lindsey and carl which is like i'm obsessed with that and everyone's like get ashley on summer house no get luke on fucking potomac get luke out out of the Hamptons because he doesn't like that's not his energy like let's be real it's never been his thing that was not his vibe get him on Potomac and in my mind and I've been thinking about this so obviously I haven't been watching Winter House I've like been following it online like I think I get the gist of like what's been happening and obviously Craig I hear is like being an absolute fucking menace to society um per usual and people are finally starting to see him for who he is um t but he obviously comes for luke in winter house and i think luke like subconsciously like i do think he's very attracted to ashley and all of that but i think that there's like a little bit of him that's like you think you're the number one couple on bravo i'm gonna date a housewife I'm not going to date someone from Vanderpump Rules. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up in like the pyramid of like royalty at Bravo. And housewives are at the tippy, tippy top. Okay. He got Ashley fucking Darby. That's like iconic to me because to me, that's like a, because people are so excited about it. Like Ashley just was, she posted a TikTok or a video of her shaking her ass. Again, she loves these TikTok dances. They're so cringe. I, but she loves him. Um, and everyone's like, oh my God, that's Luke's apartment. I'm like, no shit. There's a flannel, a Minnesota license plate, and an antler on the table. Obviously, it's Luke's apartment. <sighs> Silly goose. But she's at his apartment. Obviously, like, they're hanging out a lot. And um, people are talking about it. It's everywhere. There's a buzz in the air. And I feel like with Paige and Craig, like, there was that. But, like, that was, like, I don't want to say expected like that relationship, but I don't think it was as sh- it's not as shocking, you know, like you're like, oh, they're on a show together. Like that kind of makes sense. They're seen hanging out there in Winterhouse, blah, 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 blah. So when they eventually got together, it was like exciting, but also like not shocking. Kind of like Pete Davidson and Emrata. Like I'm into it, but like I'm it's so predictable. And then with Carl and Lindsay. Obviously, they were friends forever, so I didn't really – like, it's really exciting, and I love their love, and I love their relationship. I think they're really good together and whatever. But this is, like, so random, so unexpected. Like, I love it. And I think it's a great fuck – like, last fuck you to Craig because, as we know, Luke wasn't on Summer House this season because of everything that happened on Winter House. And, um, Yeah. So I'm super into it. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for more Luke and Ashley content. I would love to watch her like go to Minnesota with the boys. Like I can't wait to like, I want this relationship to genuinely work. Like I don't, I don't even want them to just like fuck. Like I want them to like get married. Like I'm crazy. I'm shipping this till the end of time, which is so naive. I'm sure by next week they won't even be together if we're being honest, but I'm enjoying it right now. I love a little fuck you to Craig. It's it is what it is. And Lindsay and Amanda seem to be fighting again. They Amanda was on Watch What Happens Live and said that Lindsay wasn't kind to fans. And then Lindsay went on a rampage and obviously was posting on stories like 
look at me being mean to fans. And it's like all these pictures of Lindsay, like being nice to fans. And then Lindsay says that she's like, Amanda doesn't leave her house. So I have more of a chance of interacting with fans than she does. So like, who, like what? And this is like, they truly just will never get along. Like, Lindsay is just not their kind of girl at the end of the day. And I don't fully get why. And I'm really excited for next season of Summer House because I think we're going to see some Kyle and Carl drama over Loverboy because we see Carl out in the streets. Like, he's he is traveling the world to get Loverboy into these, into these liquor stores or grocery stores. And it's like, what is Kyle doing behind the scenes? Like, is he being a good businessman? Like, we don't know. We don't see it. So I think that that's probably going to – so tough. it's tough to go into business with your best friend. Like, especially someone who's sober and he's, like, having to go to, like, liquor stores. Like, that's really tough. Um, So I'm glad that he has Lindsay to support him. Obviously, we're going to see her and Danielle's falling out. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be good. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit shorter today because all I did was talk about Potomac, but I will be back on Friday talking Salt Lake City. I'll talk Winter House because I'll binge it and then I'll talk Family Karma. It will all go back to normal. So thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and I'll see you guys Friday. Bye. Media Production.